Hey, what's up, builders? It's your girl, Kay Antoinette, the blogger. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get into the episode. Lift every voice and sing to earth and heaven ring. <laughs> don't be judging me. Don't be judging me. I don't know. Like, I really don't know the words. I know. I know. I know. It's some of y'all out there right now with your little head to the side and your finger in the air talking about, oh, I bet you know the national anthem, though. And it's like, fuck it. Yes, I know the fucking national anthem. They made me sing that bitch every fucking day for how many years? And then we only sing Lift Your Voice during February for Black History Month. The damn choir director didn't even make sure we knew the words. So I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I am working on myself. I'm going to get it together. And I promise <laughs> I'm going to learn our black ass anthem, okay? But for right now, I'm going to run down a list of black ass songs that have been getting me through the week because I actually got my phone and I remember them now. So Black featuring ASAP Ferg um, is by Buddy. That is a good ass song. Is the black, 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 black mm, 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 mm. that that one you see all them black people dancing to? The video has been going around. That's the song. Um, all right, by Kendrick Lamar. Like that's a staple. Like of course, King's Dead by Kendrick Lamar. Especially the last part where he's talking uh, about King Killmonger. Like yeah, that's the shit. Motherland by Lucid. It's L E W S I D. That shit is a vibe. The World is Yours by Nas. 93 to Infinity by Souls of Mischief. Y'all know that's my shit. I always play that. It Was a Good Day by Ice Cube. Because sometimes you just have a good black ass day. like, And you just got to put your windows down. Ride. You know. Hopefully you don't get pulled over. Because that shit is going to kill your vibe. But you know. Really sometimes you have a good day. And you just got to especially during the summertime and when it gets that good temperature outside you gotta blast this song um the rain super duper fly by missy mr mina elliott yes that's a vibe and a world uh, i can't even say this word uh tribe call quest like the whole freaking anything a tribe call quest right now is is a vibe for me like all old school 90s rap hip-hop um is really just what's going on that and neo soul it's like two very polar (laughs) opposite vibes 
but it speaks to me as a person because I am a walking contradiction. So it is what it is. I hope y'all are vibing out to your own shit that you are allowing yourselves to be in the moment, to enjoy your black skin, to enjoy your life experience, and to just blast your music so fucking loud that it makes other people be like, damn. And they hold their phone up so they can get the song. <laughs> But y'all, until next time, I have enjoyed you and I hope to to hear you and to talk with you online. Bye. There are years that ask questions and there are years that answer. Zora Neale Hurston. What is up, beautiful black people, builders of all colors? I welcome you to the black ass episode with your black ass host, Kate Antoinette, the blogger. And we're just going to be talking, just me and you having a little discussion. I want to share some thoughts with you. I want to pose some questions. And I just want this to be a whole vibe. So stay tuned. All right, so let's jump into it. Uh, I want to start with talking about my best black ass moment this past week it's now sunday and uh, i think the best day i had this week was tuesday so tuesday i had a doctor's appointment i'm starting to try to really take care of my body like a adult supposed to (laughs) and so um i went to the doctor my original doctor she was out and they had a nurse practitioner she came in and she was black and I don't want to take anything away from other races, but it's just something about seeing someone who looks like you, right? We always say representation matters and it really does because I was able to like just chill and vibe with her, have a real discussion about my health, about my health concerns and I love feeling light. So she referred me downstairs. I had to get some lab work done, take my blood and all that stuff. And then I had a black ass nurse who was taking my blood. And so me and her were laughing. We were talking about the protest. And from there, I actually went to the protest that we had here in my city and met up with a friend. And it was a beautiful experience to be surrounded by so many people who had the same goal who were using their voice to express our pain, express our joy, express our concerns, and to really fight for the things that we we believe in. And I met up with one of my old high school friends, great guy, shout out to Marcus. And me and him had a great day. Like we went, we got dinner, we sat on a blanket out on, you know, the grass in front of the restaurant because of course they didn't have any seating available for us inside because of the virus. But it was just a good day and I was surrounded all day by people who look like me, who have the same concerns as me. And so that's my black ass moment of the week. So I want to move into like... And I know you guys can't talk to me the way I'm talking to you, but just think about what what's the music that has been getting you through a lot of this, right? We're not under a rock. We know what's going on. We know what's been going on. But these past few months and this past uh, past two weeks have been especially 
um, difficult in their own ways. They've been beautiful, but they've been difficult too. So what music has been getting you through? Because I've found myself listening to, you know, Kendrick Lamar. I've also, as you can hear, Solange in the background playing. I've been listening to a lot of neo soul. Um, I'm really heavily on the Insecure playlist right now. And uh, Baby Rose, the song Show You, is on repeat probably like half the day here in my apartment. <laughs> so if y'all haven't heard that song, go check it out. Um, it is a whole vibe. So just hit me up on social media. Tell me what music has been getting you through, you know, these moments in this moment in time, which is very revolutionary if we make it. So I want to skip a little bit and talk about when I first really learned about, or when I first came face to face with my blackness, right? Because one thing that we all have to admit is that there is some form of black privilege that we have against other black people. One form of black privilege that I have is location. I am very much in a city whose who's racism and you know, all the different kind of discrimination that goes into race is still very covert, right? It's deep-seated systematically, but as far as like in your face, places like Chicago, places like New York, we don't have that so much here. Not that I know of or not that I've ever personally been a part of. So the first time I really came face-to-face with my blackness was when I um, heard of the story of Oscar Grant. And if you don't know who Oscar Grant is, I would tell you now to please go and do your research because that's exactly what I did. When I found uh, about his story, I went on a rabbit hole like I usually do when I'm interested in something and I did a lot of research. And that research took me to the actual video of him being murdered on a subway platform by an officer who said that they thought Uh, He was reaching for his taser gun instead of his actual gun. And he killed him on New Year's. And it stunned me so much. I really started to look at how we are still treated and have been treated in this society as black and brown people. And when I say black and brown people, I don't mean other minorities. I mean some of us who are different shades, no matter what shades you are if you are identified as black you are treated a certain way and have certain disadvantages handed to you because of our society and that's the first time i came face to face with my own blackness i think the moment that we're in right now we're seeing a lot of people struggling with that reality that there is black privilege that a lot of the things that they've been upholding in their own life um, it's kind of being shattered because it's it's in your face, right? You can't deny, well, shit, you can deny, but you would be wrong. <laughs> but it's, it's very hard for you to deny the fact that we are oppressed, right? You can have certain freedoms that other countries do not have and still be oppressed because of the society that we live in based on your skin. Anti-blackness is not... a an American thing. It's a colonial thing and it's global. That is why we are seeing people activate and 
stand up and yell and use their voices and protest all across the world. I just watched a clip today where, um, I don't get me to lying, but um, they have spokespeople from Africa, the continent, and they were speaking up and saying, hey, U.S., we watching y'all. We are seeing how you're going to be responding to, you know, your citizens, your black citizens saying that they need justice. We are watching in the time of us not standing together. The time of us not being unified is over. And it was powerful. It was really powerful. It was beautiful. And us trying to get to one common goal. One of the things that I see is um, this talk of how to be an activist, right? How to activate, how to show your support. And it looks so different for so many people. And we have a lot of judgment around that. And I'm guilty of it too. I'm not saying I'm not because uh, in one of my fits of outrage, I did, you know, get on social media and was like, you should be doing this and blah, blah, blah. And I had to check myself because at the end of the day, when we look at history, because this is repeating itself, just like most things do or most things that don't get fixed properly the first time do, we are seeing that if we look back at the 1950s to the 1960s, you had all kinds of people, right? Maya Angelou, Langston Hughes, you had um, uh, Nina Simone, like all these activists, they had their different fields and they used their activism in those fields, right? They sung about it, they wrote about it, they talked about it, they marched, you know, about these issues. So for us to sit there and judge how somebody else is using their platform or using their talent because it does not look like yours, I don't think that's the right way to go. We can have an honest discussion about how to accomplish goals without us being condescending and judgmental. Because the truth is, it's going to take all avenues to eradicate this. Because it's so deep-rooted in so many different facets, so many different systems, that if we are serious about making change, it's going to have to happen at all different levels in different lanes. So you need your writers, you need your your athletes, you know, you need your influencers, you need people while you're marching, you need people online keeping the conversation going. So the problem with us is not so much looking the same and doing things the same. It's acceptance of other people and how they're choosing to activate, how they're choosing to be an activist during this time. But I'm going to get off my soapbox real quick. So the knowledge that I learned when I kind of, because I did give a, a brief speech at a protest and I'm happy that I chose to do it because um, we always think like back in the day, damn, who would I be, you know, back in the 1960s? Would I be a Black Panther? Would I be out on the front lines? Would I would I have had the courage not to get up from my seat? Would I have had the courage to go to a march knowing full well that I would get the dog sicked on me or get the hose blown on me? Would I have had that courage? And it's not the same. Our, our protest was very peaceful from both sides and I used air quotes uh, I use that term generously but um I I did speak and 
it was an experience I I'm, I'm glad I had but the the knowledge that I learned back in the day it didn't happen in school about my blackness right about our blackness it didn't happen in high school it didn't happen in college you know and granted I went to I don't want to say a PWI but it wasn't an HBCU I can tell you that um and so I really learned from other people around me. I learned from stories being out online and doing my research. I learned from conversations. I learned from documentaries. I learned from experience that I, you know, and it it changed my mind about how I see myself in the world because I am black and I am a woman (laughs) and I am a woman that is very much a black woman in a male dominated field. And so my experience, my knowledge has influenced me in a lot of ways to to keep the legacy of fighting for us going in my own way. So now we're going to talk about our black ass heroes and one of my favorite and I know y'all have seen me posting it. One of my favorite heroes for the black movement, black consciousness, black liberation, black intellect, whatever you want to call it, Angela Y. Davis. If you do not know who Angela Davis is, please do your research. She is a phenomenal woman, so amazing, and her work speaks volumes to our experience. I just went and purchased her book, woman race class and I'm like I am drinking that book okay flipping through pages it is so good it is so informative and eye-opening to know like the more things change the more they stay the same as a black woman I think that it is beneficial if you do read this book if you you know can get your hands on it I got it from Barnes and Nobles I don't know how I feel about shopping there I don't know but I wanted a book and I went and got that one. So that's one of my, I don't know, like I said, my heroes. I don't want to say too many more because I have some like black literature we'll get into a little bit later. But let's see. For now, what does black joy look like for you? So... My black joy looks like bubble bath. I mean, bubbles almost touching the damn ceiling, okay? Candles, a nice glass of red wine, and a book. With the, you know how sometimes like, sometimes you get the the water temperature just right. Like it's not too hot and it's not too cold, but it's just like you can actually sit down in it without having to do that little dance you do when it's too hot. <laughs> like the perfect bath, that is what black ass joy looks like for me. Black ass joy is calling up a little cutie, having him come over just to rub your feet after a long day and he doesn't expect anything from it (laughs) that is black ass joy 
black ass joy for me is going to the movies by myself, which I often do, getting my kids pack that has popcorn, a little drink, and a little snack fruit, whatever I'm not going to eat. And just sitting there smacking loud as hell in a seat where nobody's around me and watching the movie without anybody talking to me or expecting anything from me. That is what black ass joy looks like. Black ass joy looks like having little arms wrapped around your neck, pulling you tight and holding you close and saying, I missed you or I love you. I get that from my nieces and nephews and it is without doubt one of the best feelings I could ever experience in this world. Black Ash Joy is coming home after being out in the world and not having to be responsible for anybody other than myself. And sometimes I'm not even responsible with myself. Okay, if I'm being honest, sometimes I get home, I kick my pants off. Well, shit, that's all the time. I kick my pants off at the door and I just sit my ass on my couch and just do whatever it is I need to do. Sometimes that's talking to some, you know, my best friend. Sometimes that's watching a show, binge watching a couple of episodes. It's cathartic for me after having to pow on all the layers of what it means to be a black woman in America for a day coming home and not having to be anything but myself black ass joy is getting up with my girls and talking about the shit that affects us without having somebody trying to debate like you know as much as I love our men it is nice to have a real female conversation about the shit that we deal with about the shit that we noticed the stuff that we're struggling with being able to be vulnerable because that's another side of black women that we don't allow is for us to be vulnerable yes we know that we're strong but what we don't talk about is we're strong because we have to be We're strong because there is no other choice available for us to be self-reliant and independent. And while I'm I'm about to get off on this tangent real quick, y'all, women are a part of this movement, of this moment. And we have been erased from the conversation. We have been erased from your minds. And even I have to take a step back because it affects me so much when I see so many of us And I'm not just talking about the Breonna Taylors, the Sandra Blands, the Atantianas. I'm not just talking about the women who have experienced police brutality, just like George Floyd, you know, just like Trayvon Martin and all the other men and boys who have lost their lives to police brutality. They're just the same, really, I'm not going to say the same amount, but there's so many women and girls who have lost their lives to police brutality, and yet we only get upset we only activate we only talk about the men and that has been this way for a while right when you look at the 1960s (laughs) who was at the forefront of these movements whose face was the poster child for black consciousness black movement black activism right the rosa parks the angela davis they were anomalies but there are so many other women 
who contribute to this movement, to this moment, and yet we don't say their names. Well, I'm not just talking about in death. I'm talking about right now in life. You know, it's real nice that we have things going on where you want to cash out a black man this. You know, we speak life into our black men. We check on them. I've checked on so many people during this week. Not just black men. I've made it a point to check on black women because nobody checks on us. Nobody does that. I just had to put my phone down not too long ago because... You know, somebody I was texting, I could tell they were about to, you know, confide in me or want me to, I don't want to say coddle, but want me to emotionally be available for them. And I didn't have the capacity to do it. Because just as much as you're going through this moment as a black man, if you're listening to this, please hear my words and feel them. Just as much as you're going through this moment and you feel like you're being attacked and you feel like your country doesn't want you, doesn't like you, they kill you. Just as much as you feel oppressed, misunderstood, disregarded, all the words that describe how it is to be a black man in America. Imagine how it feels to be a black woman and to not even feel like your men have your back and you still show up for them. One of the reasons why I will always show up, and I need to say this, because I struggled with it for a while, especially after the Stephon Clarks of the world. And if you don't know that situation, Stephon Clark was a young black man who lost his life. He got shot in his back, in his backyard, by police officers who had mistaken him for somebody else. And then later on, it came out that he had made some very not only colorist, but very anti-black comments while having a girlfriend who wasn't of the black race. And a lot of women felt like they didn't want to stand by him because why should they if this is how they if this is how he viewed them. On the other side of the argument were people that were saying he was young, he was young and he still could have learned to love his blackness including the women that shared that blackness with him. And I understand both sides. But (laughs) we're not going to sit here and act like it is easy for us. As black women, as a black woman, I understand that black men, y'all don't even show up for yourselves a lot. I'm not saying, and this is not a generalization. Let me not make this a generalization. There are some of y'all, a lot of y'all, many of y'all that show up, you're vocal, you activate, you got it. I love it. But we need y'all to go and have those conversations with your cousins, with your uncles, with your daddies. We need y'all to go and talk to your grandfathers, right? Talk to the guys in the street who are not vocal about their own oppression, let alone black women. And the ones who are involved, they get involved because they understand themselves as being a part victim. And I don't want to say victim in the way that you have a victim mindset, but you, we, we are victims of oppression, right? We are targets. But if you can understand that for you, then what does that mean for your women who you don't even speak up for? We have to have a real conversation about how we are being erased 
from history, how we have been erased from history, but how we have always been the backbone. We have always been the foundation. And that is just the way it is. So instead of looking for women to speak life into you constantly, black women, instead of looking for them to check on you, send you money to make you feel special, do that in return. Let this be a relationship because I'm so tired of it being one-sided. If we're going to unify, if we're going to affect change, we got to do it together. In order for us to do it together, you have to see me. You have to try to understand me. You have to fight for me and use your voice for me. I'm going to get off that. All right. Let's see what else I got. So black ass literature. I already told you guys about Angela Davis book, Woman, Race, Class. It is great. I won't talk about it again. But one of my all-time favorites is Their Eyes Were Watching God. It's by Zora Neale Hurston. It's the quote that I gave at the beginning of this uh, podcast episode. And it is such a good read, right? Especially for black women, you know. Uh, It talks about oppression in the family. It talks about liberation. It talks about love. I mean, it is so deep-rooted in everything that we experience, even in today's society. It is just, uh, there are no words for that book. (laughs) So if you have not uh, read it, I would suggest you read it. Uh, Shout out, though, to my... Damn, was I 11th, 12th grade, 12th grade English teacher, Miss Hester? Um, she saw something in me, and during that time, I was not a reader, but she knew that literature was a natural talent for me. Writing was a natural talent, understanding literature was a natural talent, even before I understood that for myself. And she pushed me and encouraged me to to read and this was one of the first books she gave me she gave me this book their eyes were watching god and she gave me the secret life of bees and i probably i drank those books too i got finished with those books probably within a few days and gave it back to her and it changed my life because after that i became an avid reader and if we're going to talk about you know liberation and how we're going to move forward I think literature is an important part of that. We have to read, you know? I'm not saying you got to go out and read the thickest book, but it is so much knowledge in between covers, right? In between pages that kind of help you and enlighten you in a way that a discussion and a conversation doesn't, right? Because a book isn't going to have a conversation with you. It's just going to talk to you. It's going to teach you right a lot of times it's going to reflect you and you just sit there and you absorb it so shout out to her and shout out to all the teachers that really allow for your students to find themselves another book well another series of book I've always been on not always but the past two years I've been on the Maya Angelou autobiographies and one of the, of course, there are, um, shit, what's the, damn, what's the one? 
Well, let me say the second one, Gathered Together in My Name. That's the second book in her series is, um, oh, I know why the cage bird sings. I'm sorry. That's the first one. Now, I know a lot of people read that one in high school, but you probably read it because you had to. I would deeply encourage you to go back and read it because it is great. And the second book in her series, a lot of people haven't read, and it's Gathered Together in My Name. And that one is an awesome book as well, um, written from a black female experience. It's her experience, which is, <laughs> you know, um, a lot of people know the Maya Angelou that, you know, we grew up on, the one that was friends with Oprah, the one that gave speeches. But she had a life before all of that, and she talks about it. And she, this book in particular, she rallies around making mistakes as a young woman, as a young black woman during a time where civil rights was very much geared up. And it's a, a great read. So I would encourage y'all to, to look into it. If you have some black ass literature that you think that I would be interested in, please let me know. I did post um, Medical Apartheid, which that book is pretty thick and they have a lot of big ass words in that book, but it opens your eyes and it is just another example of how this fight isn't just about police brutality, right? I hope everybody understands that. It's about racism, and racism is systemic, right? It's in our education system. It's in our healthcare system. It's in our financial structures. It's everywhere, <laughs> and that is why being the oppressed class, it is so important for us to have those discussions and to come to those realizations that we can't just take our foot off the gas. We can't actually just step away from this moment we have to keep the momentum going because we need to see systemic change we need to see change in our school systems we need to see change in our um uh in our education system we need to see change across the board what happens a lot when we take our eyes off the prize and i hope that uh the, the next topic I want to talk about, and I'll kind of dive into it right now, is like black ass documentaries. I hope everybody has seen 13th by Ava DuVernay. I hope I said her name right. I probably didn't. But 13th is on Netflix and it talks about the prison um, complex mass incarceration of black people. And one of the things it discusses in there is racism because it is a structure, right? Because it is a conscious um, structure, which means people put things in place to keep us oppressed. If we're not careful, the change that we think, the changes that we think are being made are really just um, revisions to the system that keep us oppressed. And that is exactly how, you know, mass incarceration happened. You can trace the history um, all the way back to when the first slaves were quote unquote freed and the way that they kept us oppressed was by taking away our rights because the 13th amendment basically does that for people who are considered criminals or prisoners all right so i want to say i say that to say this if we are not careful then the only thing that is going to happen is racism is going to reinvent itself in another system and we're going to look at it and we're going to call it change and it's really not. So we have to understand how it works. 
And one way to really do that is to to have the discussions, of course. I'm always about having conversations. Um, but to read, to research, right? And to also just take our minds off of it sometimes, right? We Sometimes, I, I know I definitely use reading as an escape, but if we're talking about living in a black ass moment right now and what we're going to do to help move this thing forward, a big part of that is changing our minds about a lot of things, expanding our knowledge and expanding our thinking. Angela Davis once said that we have to have an honest conversation about liberating minds as well as liberating society. And what she meant by that to me is what I've seen (laughs) with us going back and forth about, um, you know, some of us are real radical and we like, oh, everybody can't come with us on this journey because everybody ain't thinking like a warrior. We need warriors. Y'all know the people I'm talking about. Them the new age Black Panthers and, you know, people that's really feeling like they about that life and that they really are about to, that this is, um, for lack of a better word, a war. I can neither, neither confirm or deny whether I agree with that or not. But one thing I do know is if we're going to affect change, then we can't just leave everybody behind, right? The problem what we're having is we are showing a lot of the same superior complex in a lot of our conversations that we accuse other races of doing to us. What I mean by that is we are so quick to not feel it is our responsibility to teach or to inform another black person because we're so tired of having the conversation that we just think this liberation isn't for them, right? This revolution isn't for them. This conversation isn't for them. This moment isn't really for them. It's for people like me. And we have to take the time to teach Because as I said before, black privilege exists. There are people who have not been directly in their minds touched by racism. There are people who have the privilege of location like I just described earlier. There are people who have the privilege of of finances and that you know influences their life experience as a black person. So if we don't take the the time to inform them at least try to have the conversation right like and I get it y'all y'all get it like I really I have to step back sometimes I'm just like it's real it's real tiresome having the conversation with somebody you really feel supposed to know but guess what the conversations I've been having lately with a lot of people have been black men having to explain to them What is, what was, what can be, the realities, you know, the possibilities, having to honestly do all that when it comes to black, our blackness and when it comes to racism, not even just in America, but on a global scale, having to break it down. And it's exhausting. Like, I I get it. It's, it's, it's exhausting, (laughs) especially because you sometimes just want somebody to be able to talk with you and to enlighten you and to really share a lot of your thoughts in this moment. But if we don't make room 
for teaching people, if we don't make room for having those conversations, then the change that we say we want, I don't think we really want it. Because the first thing a lot of us have to do is change our minds, change our lifestyles. One of the things I said uh, at the protest was, it's going to be uncomfortable. A lot of us are going to have to give up some shit, (laughs) right? Shit, a a list came out. I don't know how true the list is. I still have yet to research it, but until I can find hard proof that is not true i'm going to stay away from chick-fil-a and waffle house all the places we love because they are you know supporters of people who are and have been against black bodies but there are some people who don't want to make those changes if we are really serious about this we have to not only talk with other people and teach other people we have to do that with ourselves We have to try to have some kind of patience when it comes to the black community because, (laughs) y'all, we ain't perfect. We are not perfect. And I say that as somebody who knows we have a lot of different issues. Like, we ain't even get on the stuff that we have to fix. I touched on how black women are being erased. I haven't even touched on colorism. Because, you know, it's a time and a place for that conversation, which will happen soon. This is not the episode I'm going to do it on. But, yeah, like, I, I just, I want us to be real careful of how we're moving out here and, and what words we're choosing to speak to each other. Because when you take away somebody's ability, when you take away your ability to have a conversation, you take away your ability to learn. You take away your ability to to grow in a lot of ways because there have definitely been moments where I thought that you know my opinion was I ain't gonna say I thought that my opinion was the end-all be-all but there have been moments where I really thought that I was right and you know through research through having conversations with other people I was able to see a different side that made sense that added to the picture that expanded my thinking and therefore helped me grow as a person. And I can use that to as fuel in this movement to keep us forward. Like, if we take away our ability to have conversations with people who don't think like us, then we're silencing a whole sector of the Black community just because they're different. And like I said before, it's not so much that we have to agree on everything, right? We just have to agree on one problem. We don't have to agree with every way how to get there. As long as we get there, there's more than one way to skin a cat. You know, an old country uh, saying, there's more than one way to do something. So what we really need to work on is our acceptance of each other, acceptance that things are going to look different, that people are going to have a different way of thinking than you. And if you take away the ability to have that conversation, then what do we really have? Because I don't want to be in a community with people that think only like me. I'm amazing, but I can't deal with a whole bunch of crystals. And I would think that you wouldn't want people to just think the way that you think. Because, (laughs) I mean, there are so many different things that have to change. We need people 
that think differently. We need people that see things differently. So just keep that in mind. Um, some more black documentaries that I would recommend. They have the Maya Angelou documentary on uh, Netflix. They also have the real, and I say real, Nina Simone documentary on Netflix. I watched both of those one day and they were amazing. Um, Nina Simone was very much an activist. Uh, she used her talents, her momentum to really talk about black issues. She talks about a lot of the things affecting our community and she did it in her own way. And so I think that just watching something like that will kind of put things in perspective for a lot of us who think that we need to do things one way or the other. A black ass podcast that I have been listening to and I know that you guys have been seeing me post it, The Grapevine. If you have not taking the time to listen to a grapevine uh episode you are missing out because the grapevine talks about everything from shit i don't even they got so many topics they talk about everything from like dating right to um the black diaspora they talk about how africans and african americans relate to each other they talk about police brutality they talk about religion they talk about everything like so many different topics and I'm glad I found I found it probably like a year ago and I'm always waiting for them to come out with another episode because it's just so good um I just actually became a patreon member which means uh I think the membership fee is like anywhere from a dollar to five dollars a month and they give you like exclusive uh, episodes. So they just posted an episode not too long ago about capitalism. And that was really good. I listened to that episode while I was on a, a bike ride. And it's informative, y'all. Like, if you get to a point where you just want to have a conversation or a debate with somebody, and you're not feeding your brain, I don't know. I don't want to talk to you. Like, I never, as a person, want to get to a point where I think I know everything. Because I don't. This this black journey of mine, coming face to face with my blackness, it goes hand in hand with my self-awareness journey, which only happened a couple of years ago. Like, I knew I was black. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is... Understanding what blackness means in a world like this. Understanding what being a black woman means in a world like this. And I didn't even understand myself as a person. So those things, those two things, those two journeys for me went hand in hand. I'm still learning. I'm still soaking up like a sponge. I'm just drinking all this shit. Trying to to better understand and better formulate an opinion. And I saw something so true the other day. It was like, you know, never be afraid to say, hey, I was wrong. Never be afraid to say, you know what? I didn't do my research. Like, I didn't think of it that way. But now that you've said that, now that you point that out, I think a little differently. Because a lot of times, some of us know that we're wrong. And we want to stand by our point just because we're embarrassed to say that we were wrong. And that's just pride. Pride really has limited space right now <laughs> in this moment in time. We can be proud to be black. We can be proud to be the 
what we are as a people, right? We're monumental, we're titans. That's okay. But when it comes to relating to each other, interacting with each other, it really doesn't have a lot of space there. We have to be able to be human even amongst ourselves. Giving each other and giving ourselves respect. And so when it comes to like podcasts like The Grapevine, they really have uh, people on the panel because they have like at least a panel of about eight to ten people who are having, and it's even more than that a lot of times, having discussions about these topics. And it reminds me a lot of this podcast, but it's on a larger scale because she is seasoned and I am not. Um and she talks about a lot of things that I have yet to tackle. They even talk about they talk about colorism too, like which I know y'all hear me talk about it a lot. That's just because I really want us to have that conversation, just because so many of us dodge it, and it's very important to have if we're going to affect the kind of change that we want to uh, actually change. But um, actually, see, I'm sorry. But yeah, so check it out. Uh, you can find the Great Vine on YouTube. You can find it on um i think they got their own website too but i usually just listen to it on youtube uh yeah i don't know like in this moment right now y'all i i I know that a lot of us have our own opinions i know that we are having our own struggles and we want to keep the conversation going but We also need to understand that we have to take care of ourselves. So stepping back from some stuff um, is necessary. Telling people I don't have the capacity for it, I don't have the mental space for it, is necessary. Telling people, yo, I just, I'm tired. I don't want to talk about it today. I don't want to post about it today. is sometimes necessary because... If this is a community, there's always going to be somebody out there who is going to pick it up and is going to keep it running, right? I, I'm struggling with my own guilt sometimes when it comes to taking a break from posting. Um, I was talking to my best friend a couple of days ago, and she she even said it. She was like, you was going so hard for a few days. I, I And she's like, I looked at it, and I knew that you were going to be tired eventually, just mentally, you know, emotionally and spiritually. For her on the outside looking in, seeing that, or for me to get to a point where I was really burnt out, um, it really spoke volumes. In order for us to have the capacity to carry this weight, to continue this movement, we got to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and that we're taking care of each other, um, each other, <clears throat> One of the ways that we can take care of each other is by checking in, you know, checking in, listening to each other, and actually being gracious to each other. We have to leave room for ourselves in this whole movement, in this whole point in time, because life is still happening. Life is still happening in the midst of this pandemic. Life is happening still in the midst of this movement and this revolution and this shift. The whole world, the whole universe right now is in a transitional period. And if you have ever had a personal transition in your life, you know how draining it can actually be. 
So I encourage all of you to, you know, take care of yourselves and don't feel guilty for it because your black ass life (laughs) is a protest in itself. You laughing, you doing self-care, you jamming in your car to your favorite song, you making love to your favorite person. Like that is revolutionary in itself. And you have to understand that life is going to be regardless, regardless of this movement, life still happens, right? So take care of yourselves. I know this was a, I want to say it was a short episode, but it was short and sweet. I just wanted to touch base with all of you and to have this conversation. I hope that it was informative. I hope that it was enjoyable. I hope that it didn't leave you heavy. That wasn't my my goal. My goal wasn't to have a heavy conversation. It was just to have a real conversation. It was to have the needed conversation. And it was to kind of do it my own shit too. <laughs> if I'm honest... Um, I use y'all sometimes to kind of work out my own thoughts and my own emotions because that's what discussions do. That's what real conversations do. It helps you reflect. It helps you get out your shit. (laughs) So if y'all have any literature, any black ass songs, because I have a lot of black ass songs and I will share them to my social media, Antoinette underscore the blogger on Instagram or let's underscore build futures um, on Instagram as well. I will share all the stuff I discussed here, even the, uh, like I said, the books, the music, the podcast. And I don't know, let's just... let's just have a good ass week we're going into a new week and I just I had a great week last week but it was a really draining one and I know that um this is going to be how it is for a while we have to I'm coming to terms with that because I don't think a lot of us are I think a lot of us are in the moment but this is how this is what they said with the pandemic this is the new normal for us Right, I want to see a fucking protest every day into November and even after then until we have real change, right? I want us to understand that we're going to have to endure this because otherwise if we if we lay it down and we forget it and we let things go back to the way they've always been then it it will be no need for us to complain because that would mean that we've been compliant and complicit. I don't want to do that. I don't want to let my nephews down. I don't want to let my niece down. I don't want to let my unborn son that I may not have down. You know, so, yeah. And I do want to say, I am going to post on my social media as well. I will be drafting some letters. If you are in South Carolina and you have an employer who has not been reaching out to you and you are one of few um, black people who are working at their agency, at their business, at their firm, at their healthcare system, I don't care what it is. I will be drafting a letter 
um, it will be very professional and it will tell them we are looking at your ass. <laughs> Put some fire up under them so they understand that they can't just brush this moment under the rug um, like a lot of businesses are doing right now. Because there are a lot of people who are working at locations where they are the only black person there. And <clears throat> because their coworkers or their employer are too uncomfortable um, with the conversation or they have their own opinions about it that would probably contradict or conflict with the black person that is working under them, they're not having the conversation. They're, they're acting like it's not even happening out here in the world. But it's cool. If you want to, all you have to do is DM me. And I will write the letter. I will type it up. And I will send it off. But until next time, you guys. That is my dryer buzzing for me to go get my clothes out. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Tell me some more topic ideas that you want to discuss, that you want want me to write about, and I'll be more than happy to do it. So, bye. So I left off without saying this. Remember to lift your black ass voice, whether that be through your writing like me, through your podcasting, through your protest speech. Or through your quiet conversations with your coworkers, with your friends, with yourself, with your racist or, I don't know, nonchalant family member. Lift your black ass voice to sing. Lift your black ass voice to correct. Lift your black ass voice because we need every voice in this movement. We need every voice in every lane in every way, no matter what. Activism is a personal journey. Collectively, we can change shit together. Peace.